Boardman gets pot. Oh yeah. We just want our respect. Our organization wants their respect. And I want my damn respect too. Max, what's up, my man? Dr. Butt. It's good to We're be back. back. We're, the We're home- back in like two weeks for our, for our listeners. A little Christmas special. We're in the home stretch of 2021, man. I know, hopefully, man. Hopefully, we can. Uh, we always talk about doing an end of year pod where we do rankings and stuff, and then we never do it. And probably not doing it this year, but maybe we will. Who knows? <laughs> I think this could be the year, Max. Yeah, I, right. I have the whole week between Christmas and New Year's Day off, so I've got I've got nothing but time. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm alone at home that week. I we can definitely knock it out. Um, Max, big. I mean, I know you know this, but uh, for the listeners, I will be making my first ever pilgrimage to Lambeau Field tomorrow. Oh, yeah? That's exciting. Boarding the plane, boarding the plane at 6 a.m., landing in Milwaukee at 9, renting a car, stopping off at Sheboygan. We're going to we're going, meeting my friend Sam, who lives in Madison. <laughs> Sheboygan. Uh, he's from Sheboygan. So we're going yeah, to Maryland Plow, I believe, is the name of the restaurant. Horse and Plow. Uh, and then we're going to watch the morning games. And then we're going to drive up to Lambeau, hang out for the afternoon games, and then uh, watch the Bears play the Packers. I see your... Very proud of your Bears fandom wearing a Chicago Blackhawks t-shirt today. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to wear Packers stuff. I would have worn my – I've got three Bears jerseys, an Erlacher, Walter Payne, and one with my last name on it. So thank you very much. If I had known what the dress code was, I would have gladly done that. And then just to accentuate my self-loathing as a Chicago Bears fan. But Well, we'll talk about that game, and we're going to have to gamble on it against each other somehow. But I have, I have thoughts. But before we start, I want to ask you what you thought. What do you think about this hat? I got three hat options for you, Max. I'm okay. aware, if you wear this, it's like a beanie that says Green Bay on the top, has the G. I can wear this. The cheese head. Which is the classic cheese head. Or I could wear my newer cheese head, which looks a little bit cleaner. Of the two cheese heads, Max, because I think I got to wear a cheese head when I'm going to Lambeau Field. Do you think I should put owner, right owner, on the side of it? Actually, that's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> increases my chances of getting on TV. Um, I'm a deeply superstitious man, so I haven't worn this pack, this Aaron Rodgers jersey all season because I'm convinced it's bad luck because the Packers have not won a Super Bowl since I bought it and have made several NFC Championship games. Um, so I'll probably wear it, but I'm, I'm a little nervous about tomorrow's game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you, you've been trying to send the reverse jinxes through the group chats left and right, just spewing pessimism in, into the universe. No, as of you, Max, as of you, but since you're a Bears fan. It's not reverse jinxing. It's just brutal acknowledgement of reality in my case. <laughs> my, I follow a lot of Packers writers and fans on Twitter, and they're just all talking about how, like, Rodgers has 22 wins against the pa- uh, Bears. Favre has 22 wins against the Bears. Tomorrow he can break his record. And it's just a bunch of stats. And I, this game has all the bad vibes to me, Max. There's over, it's like I was telling you on text – I feel like Packers Twitter is like Hillary 2016 right now. (laughs) They just think the victory parade is starting. And I'm like, calm down. Like you got Aaron Rodgers saying he owns the bears the last game, which you know, they're going to come after him uh, for that. And it's going to be cold. I anticipate being a low scoring game. It is. It's nationally televised. 
One thing I had in mind, Max, I think if the Packers blow out the Bears, both the Packers and Bears might win because that might be the final thing that gets Nagy fired. Yeah, that would, oh, that'd be so great. So I don't know. I mean, there was like, I mean, Nagy was, there were rumors that he was getting fired and everyone celebrated. And he's like, actually, I'm not getting fired. And it was <laughs> just very awkward. It was like, oh, well, ignore our uh, celebrating of you being fired. Uh, yeah, that he <laughs> that was very succession-y to me. It was like they leaked a story in the news because they wanted to get him fired, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that was that was a succession. That would be something that happens succession where the news is like, oh, this guy Kendall has been let go from Waystar Royco, and then everyone's like excited and happy for him, and he's like, uh, uh, actually, I'm uh, still here. TNM. <laughs> but yeah, Dude, uh, Simmons talked about this in the pod this week. Uh, the there's a New Yorker article on Jeremy Strong and how he's like a method actor. Yes. It is really good. You should read it. Basically, everybody else on the cast hates him. And like most people that have worked with him hate him because he's like super obnoxious. He's a method actor. Like they just wish he could just like like I learned so Marissa acts, right? So she they have like actors hate method actors actually because they're like really annoying to work with. And it's like it's not acting if you have to become the person. That's becoming. You're not an actor then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like he doesn't want to rehearse his lines. Uh, and it's pretty obvious. Like Macaulay, Rory Calkin hates him. And um, Logan does not respect him. It's ironic. It's exactly like the Royce. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And the dynamics are so tough to watch because it's not acting. In that yeah. Game. Everyone has made him hate it. He's, he's done such a good job getting into the role that they all hate him. Um but yeah, let's. Uh, yeah. We, we should. Uh, okay, I think we should do. We should do COVID. Yeah. We give a quick crypto update. Uh, the least bullish I've been in a while. Which that, I was less bull. And then uh, let's just hop right in the NFL. We can talk Bears. All right, yeah, for sure. We'll do our five hundred dollar picks. All right. So Omicron. Lots of news out on Omicron. And Max, I I, I called us the oracles of Omicron because we predicted some of this, right? Yeah. Vaccines don't work. Oh, but people aren't getting as sick, so they might work. The boosters and everything might work against hospitalization. I can just tell you this. The studies that are coming out are so small that you cannot take anything from them. Like, do not, we don't know is the right answer here. And anyone on Twitter or whatever who claims to be like, oh, yeah, this means that. It's essentially like if I told you, Max, two teams are playing in a football game and Team A is up 7-0 after the first quarter. Team A is winning, going to win, right? If I told you that, you'd be like, well, probably Team A is going to win. But you don't know what the teams are. For example, if the Bears were up 7-0 on the Packers after the first quarter, you wouldn't necessarily claim the Bears are going to win that game. Right. So that's where it is with Omicron. Like these studies were like they say people aren't getting as sick. It's like 12 patients. And right. the, the patients, the people that they first discovered Omicron in were all young. So the whole like it causes milder symptoms. We don't know if that's because they're younger. We don't know if that's because they're vaccinated. Echo, stop. We don't know anything. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing with people with the Omicron thing is that they're kind of rushing to say, oh, well, it's more contagious, which it might be. I think we have the best – we have the, the best information is on two things. It seems like it can evade vaccination, and it seems like it's more contagious than the Delta variant. You know? Right. Those are the two things that I think there's – there's scientifically with what we know about it and what we where we think it's heading, we know. But we don't know if it's more severe. We don't know if it's as severe. And we don't know if it's milder. 
And honestly, this whole like, oh, the booster vaccine, it seems to provide more uh, immunity than the original two shots. That's just that's just true with COVID in general across the board. You know what I mean? Like we've seen that people after six months tend to have some fading immunity. The booster shot helps boost it up. That's kind of just common sense, you know? Um, So I would say just take everything with a grain of salt. There's a lot of people that have really fucked up incentives one way or the other. You know, there are people in the media and who want people who want stimulus checks and want government things who want to just sit at home that are like, well, we have to shut everything down again. And then there are people who want all their employees to come back to work that are like, well, this is nothing. Let's not take it. You know, we don't know. Let's not change anything until we know more. So I think at this point, it's just like we should keep kind of going as is and see what happens. Yeah. So I think I mean, I guess the the things I would say are I think it's your point. The takeaway is that it's too early. Like we're yeah. going to learn more. I think I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic on the whole um, mm-hmm. because we're you know uh, the main thing being like we're in a better place than we were last year, both in terms of all the numbers are lower, cases, hospitalizations, all that. It's predominantly in the north in the, you know the northern parts of the country, which makes sense. It's colder, so everyone's huddling inside, but things are more open, right? And so. And we're not hearing any stories of like cascading hospitalization failures, hospitals getting overwhelmed. Like we're the wave right now is a Delta wave, not an Omicron wave. But so, and look, it's like, I'm not saying it's great. I mean, there's people dying of this thing every day and it's, it's, you know, it's really sad. Uh, But like, we're, you know, we're not like in end of civilization mode. Right. You know, I think it's just like this thing's endemic. Like we're going to be stuck with this thing. This is like the new flu shot. Right. Like, and, going to have this but life's you know the fact that things are like one year like compared to last year things are significantly better i just think it's a really good sign yep Um, and we also have as a society we have some covid fatigue you know much like uh you remember that shooting that happened last week in detroit maybe they talked about it on the news for like a couple of days yeah yeah to be like really massive national tragedies yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember that. Now I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's all fear, and then we get used to it, and then we start to accurately assess, you know, how bad something is. I honestly think at the very beginning of COVID, we were uh, we there's so much just better treatments now. That's the truth. The mortality mortality rate, rate has declined precipitously, um, except for the people. I mean, it's going to be worse if you're someone who's chronically ill, right? But that's everything. Like. Yeah. You know, um, and rather we don't tell we don't tell everyone to like shut in and shut everything down when anything is more high risk for people that are massively obese or heart disease. We tell them to like eat healthier, exercise, get medical care, like target treatments towards the people that are high risk or interventions rather than having all of society fundamentally change their life for them, um, which I think will be the next stage of this pandemic. But, you know. People are just so poorly incentivized uh, with this thing. And so I think that's the, the structure, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, makes sense. I think, uh, yeah, at some point asking, hey, we all need to collectively sacrifice. It's just at some point people are like, why? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, and, you know, I think like that's already happening. I mean, look in the red states. I mean, the red states are pretty much done with the pandemic, right? <laughs> They're like, this is, hey, we're, we're yeah. moving on. We're good. Yep. And I mean, there's an argument you made, like, look, in the red states at this point, like, you either got COVID, got vaccinated, 
or just somehow some some kind of form of immunity to this thing, yep. right? Evaded yep. uh, it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the, what's the whatever percentage of the population is not in those three buckets is very small, right? So, uh, and I mean, I think even the blue state, I mean, like I'm in LA and with Newsom, Newsom's declared a state of emergency, but the only thing is you just have to wear masks indoors. And yeah. LA's cases, I mean, this time last year, LA was spiking. It was really ugly. Hospitals were getting crushed, all that. LA's like pretty okay right now. Like, yeah. except for, and it's just masks indoors. And that's like, it's very doable. So. Yep. And the vaccine is having an effect. You know, the vaccine is definitely decreasing contagiousness, decreasing sickness. Like we're definitely seeing that, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, I think winter, it's still going to get worse before it gets better, right? I think the the, pan, the winter surge of 2020, early 2021, that peaked mid-January. So we should expect this thing to kind of hit its peak sometime in late December, early to mid-January, early January, early February. It's going to probably, it's, but it's going to be concentrated in the northern states, right? Uh, you know, southwest, northeast. Uh, and the southeast is fine. Like, southeast has been having, like, everyone was wor- worried about, like, you know, because of football season coming back, like, everything. Events, but it was fine. Like, south is doing this tends to also not be the time when South the Southeast gets it bad. We know that people the cases rise when people spend more time indoors, and that's usually because of the weather, you know. Yeah. So I mean, the South did have a peak. Like the, I mean, their peaks were yeah. They had one in September, early September when it was hot, and they they did peak in it looks like mid January. It was almost as high, uh, but yeah. Hey, look, I think. You know, I mean, obviously, there's a chance that we get like another Delta variant that's, you know, lethal and transmissible, and it could be that Omicron is as lethal as Delta. But I kind of feel like we would have, there would have been other more alarming things than just, oh, we found this new variant that's really transmissible and vaccine evasive. Because, uh, like, you know, like for example, with Delta, like that came out, that came out of India, and like that ruined India. Like India got they had a lot of problems, and they still have a lot of problems, but. You know, India's healthcare system is not as robust as the American healthcare system, so that's definitely a part of it. You know, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it's. I think. Look, seems like. I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss. You know, the, the tragedy of all this and stuff, but things do seem to be going in the right direction. There's reason to be optimistic, and probably have this thing forever. We're probably going to have a COVID wave next year as well, but you know, it's going to be manageable. So we have I mean, every year and we manage it. It's okay. Max, COVID isn't a gun control issue. It's a psychological issue. <laughs> what is it? Wait, what does that mean? Or what? A, I'm trying to um, affiliate what's going to happen with COVID to what's happening with school shootings. Oh. Eventually, it just happens so much that we have this collective apathy towards it. And I think that's what's going to kind of happen over time. People are going to be like, you know what? We did this for two years. We tried. It's actually just a disease of the mind, um, which, you know, those are opposite arguments from different, sorry, like that's a, one's a conservative, one's a liberal argument, but it's like the same kind of thinking process in my mind. Um, yeah. uh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure I totally follow that, but, you know, we get we can table that for later. Let's, right, we can table uh, for later. Let's talk, yeah. about, let's talk about uh, uh, crypto. Because, uh, you know, one part of the Omicron thing is that there was like this massive sell-off on Wall Street and in the crypto markets, right? Yeah, so... You know, I haven't really. My thoughts aren't super organized in this, but I do feel like uh, I thought. I thought crypto was. I thought the Bitcoin price was going to go higher. I thought Bitcoin, you know, crypto was going to rally higher. I thought we were going to see ten thousand ETH. I thought we were going to see one dollar Doge. I thought we were going to see hundred K Bitcoin. 
And I, I just, I'm just not optimistic we're going to be seeing that anytime in the next year or two. Uh, you know, I think not because like the technologies are flawed or like I've lost faith in any of the ability. I think it's just there's a lot of uncertainty in the macro environment and there's just a lot of macro headwinds um, between, you know, when, like right now in America, we've had the highest inflation print we've had in nearly 40 years. Right. And there's just an expectation that the central banks are going to have to raise rates. I'm skeptical that they are going to raise them that much for various reasons. But because of that, uh, people are now pulling money out of the markets. They're going more risk up. They're taking money out of risk assets. Growth multiples are decreasing. Cash is becoming a little bit more scarce. And so, um, yeah, like, so because of that, like, if cash is more scarce, like, there's less cash to put into, you know, Ethereum, uh, you know, and all these more, like, speculative, like, bets. um, that Some of which are going to pay off for sure. So now do I think like, now with that said, like as the price action, like poor, like, you know, not as good as we'd hope. Yeah. Or like, no, it's not as good, but uh, there's still tons of really exciting developments in the ecosystem. Um, you know, there's the platforms are still like developer activities still growing and there's still lots of, uh, you know, use cases are increasing, new businesses being formed, all that. And we could talk about that forever. But I think like two things that are really good are one, uh, the crypto community has just kind of somehow, just just magically on the fly collectively rebranded as web3 like so i don't know if you've noticed this but you'll hear the term web3 way more than crypto and that's probably going to accelerate right and uh that was just kind of i mean that's been happening over the last six months and it's kind of been fascinating to watch i have seen that web 3.0 yeah kind of what ethereum is right ethereum is kind of web 3.0 if i understand it well yeah so i think the the broad thing is um I mean, we used to, I remember when we were in college, I would call Nima Nima 2.0 because he was really into this new version of the web. And the web, this is like, you know, we, like the internet was there, we used the web, but it wasn't as part of like our day-to-day every day, like every second as it is now, right? And so kind of like, I think Chris Dixon, who's this uh, a general partner at Adrian Horowitz, he's, uh, he, had, he had a really succinct way of putting this. He said like web, the web 1.0 was kind of the 90s internet, pre-social internet effectively. And that was... You went to the internet to read things, right? Or like download things. Like that was like Mute Napster, uh, Amazon, Kazaa. It was kind of like you went there, but you didn't really partake. You just kind of read or consumed, right? And then Web 2.0 was, you know, mostly the social internet. Uh, But that was like where you didn't just read, but you also wrote, right? So that was like Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, then mobile, supercharged that with chat apps, all these things where it wasn't just like, Oh, you go to the internet to see things or consume things. You're also going there to interact, to comment, to play games. I don't know all this other stuff, right? It was a much more interactive, I guess, uh, and much more. You know, I'm sure if you look at the percentage of our lives that happens over, uh, you know, internet protocols over the last 15 years, it's probably a crazy chart. You know, where we spent, you know, we were like in teenagers. Like the internet was, you went to your computer in the basement and you put dial up and then took like you know, whatever, a couple minutes to log in. You had this crappy connection and all that, right? Dude, I went to a pirate bay today to try to download a movie. Brought me oh, back. Really? Mm-hmm. The OG, what a throwback. They didn't oh. have it, though. They didn't have it. I was trying to download Licorice Pizza. They didn't uh, have it. Wait, can't you just get that on HBO Max? No. There... Oh, okay. Never Not mind. Yet. I must have been confused. Okay. So, um, uh, but then, you know, now it's just like, I mean, we're on the internet all the time, right? I mean, uh, we're all, I mean, I work through the internet every day, all the time, right? So, uh, and anyway, so that's like web one, web two. And so the idea of web point 3.0, 
is, uh, you know, web one was read, web two is read and write, web three is read, write and own. And so one of the things about web two is that, you know, we have all these like kind of online identities, right? Like you have your Instagram handle, you have your Twitter handle, Facebook profile, you have all these like digital profiles or digital identity, but the kind of dirty open secret is that you actually own none of it, right? Ultimately, you are leasing these things from a centralized service. So, you know, I, this was really brought home to me when, long story short, uh, my email was, you know, there was some kind of nation state attack on my email, most likely the North Koreans, uh, not joking. Because well, uh, I think like North Korea is actually very interested in getting access to Bitcoin because it's a, you know, internet, it's, with you, it's the only. I, I thought they'd listen to some of our previous board man get pods. Up. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, they would, if anything, they're probably like thrilled, you know, <laughs> so they wouldn't want to undermine me based on that. But um, anyway, so the long story short is because of this, I got frozen out of my Gmail account, right? And two things. One, I realized how much of my, everything was tied to my Gmail, right? All my, you know, billing notifications, all my, all these updates, all the ways of communicating tied to that. And two, it was really hard for me to get back into it because Google had like a really bad reauthorization flow. But like, I, I, I had to prove to Google that I was me. Right. And it was kind of like, Oh my. And so there's this phrase in like predominant amongst the Bitcoin community, but broadly into crypto web three, the idea of not your keys, not your coin. Right. Basically the idea is in order to use anything, you need your, you need a private key. Uh, you know, and, uh, like I, it was very, came to me like, Oh, this is like, it was not my keys, not my email. Right. Uh, and so anyway, there's a lot of things that web, you know, this is happening. We've seen now that, you know, these web two giants, all pretty extraordinary power. I mean, Twitter basically silenced Donald Trump, you know, Donald Trump was the same president of the United States and they kind of like, you know, took away his toy or whatever, like, like a, you know, a misbehaving toddler, like took his toy away from him, put it up where he couldn't reach it. And that's incredible, right? Uh, it's, I mean, extraordinary, the power. And Twitter's like not even like, what, 60, 70 billion in the market cap, right? So like, it's not even like within an order of magnitude of Facebook in terms of scale and all these other things. And anyway, so, you know, these Web2 giants have a lot of power and like, look on the whole, I think they're like reasonably well run with America's interests at heart. But, uh, you know, they can be, there is a lot of people are realizing that there's a lot of political pressure now being leaned on them to punish political opponents being done by both sides. Uh, and, you know, they, I mean, America's generally runs things like, I mean, obviously I don't want to step too choppy waters, but obviously um, I think America's generally tries to be rule of law and impartial, although obviously that's somewhat changing, but, you know, for other people that don't live in a place with a strong rule of law, uh, if you use it, any kind of digital asset run by a centralized provider, you're at the, the whim of them. And they are, those providers are normally at the whim of their government. Right. And so that's, you know, uh, I mean, the, class, the case examples are mainly like China and Russia, right? Which are basically devolved, devolved or, or basically back into like Tsar, emperor and Tsarist rule at this point. Um, but, you know, it's also, uh, anyway, so a lot of things there. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of this whole Web3. Sorry, that was this whole Web3. Sorry, I really want to along. No, I do have a thought on this. Yeah. I was thinking about it today because it's unseasonably warm in New York for December. Like, I don't even have to wear a coat. Like, I was, like, shocked the whole day. It's nice, but if it keeps going like this, which is, this is what I think Zuckerberg's betting on. I think he's betting on global warming becoming so horrible that we all live plugged into machines. 
and like we live in the metaverse. Like we project our consciousness into the metaverse, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like we all self-select into the matrix, effectively. Yeah. Like the real world sucks. Let's all go to the matrix, hide in the matrix instead. In, in that world, what three point was actually incredibly important. Because in that world, like if my if instead of speaking, I tweet, like and I don't own my tweet, someone can just silence me. You know what I mean? So like in that world, it's really important actually. And so I think that like I wonder if the next phase of these technologies will be decentralized. What well, like will someone come up out with a Web 3.0 Twitter? Or will Twitter I don't think Twitter voluntarily is gonna switch to Web 3.0. No, no, they okay. Twitter is pushing a project for Web 3.0 Twitter. It's called Blue Sky. You can look this up. Dorsey mm. actually is actively promoting it. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, it is like, in theory, if it works, they're making their current business model obsolete. Mm-hmm. Now, Dorsey resigned from Twitter uh, you know, this month. So, uh, you know, who knows how far that actually really go. And uh, Dorsey has very pretty libertarian uh, free speech leanings. There's kind of a theory that he was kind of the there's this famous phrase and something in French. It was like, I think, you know, when like they were, anyway, there's this phrase, après moi la deluge, which means after me, the flood in French, which basically says, get rid of me. You don't get a paradise. You're going to get, you know, destroyed. Right. And like, there's basically everything's that Dorsey was the one holding back a lot of like the censorship and all this other stuff. He was fighting his own organization. And so, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, so, in a way, like Twitter, Twitter, the organization may totally defund Blue Sky and not really push it further anymore. Yeah. But they've kind of seeded it in that whatever, even if it's not that, there is going to be a version of it that will exist. I'm confident of that. I mean, all I can tell you is Agarwal is a very businessy Indian last name. So that guy's probably going to be very good for their shareholders and their board. But that's, yeah. a very castist, that's a very castist analysis, Max. And you know Harvard has now had, had now includes cast as a protected uh, thing, so I shouldn't be able. To, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. If you, I, when does someone gets canceled for making a cast comment? That'll be very interesting. Well, uh, in India, dude, in India, they they do that. There's a lot of. Well, let's not go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where I get to say, let's not go there, and understand what you're talking about when you say it. Let's not go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you know. No, it's funny. Uh, yeah, so. Um, so, okay, so that was like a whole thing about Web3. Um, but the thing that's interesting is I think, I bet this probably, I mean, I wasn't really around or president in 2002, but, you know, dot-com is a very, has a bad connotation, right? That's very associated with the bubble and it was associated with this hype cycle of the late 90s. But then dot-com eventually became Web2, eventually just became tech, right? And everyone's like, oh, Web2, tech, that's cool. Dot-com is bad. And there's something probably similar happening with crypto and Web3 where crypto was kind of just a bad brand. Yeah, sounds like nefarious. It sounds secret. That's a secret thing. The Lakers are going to play in the crypto.com arena, and they fucking suck. Yeah, a lot. I just, I I hate a lot of it. Even, but I did hate Staples Center. Like, why would you? How could you go from playing a place called the Great Western Forum, Matt? That sounds like some Roman Colosseum type of shit. Yeah, and then you start playing in the Staples Center, like office supplies. Yeah, I know. I I totally agree. Uh, It's like, yeah, especially too. Like there, anyway. So I think there's something similar where, uh, you know, it's just, it just nothing's really changed. It's just the words have changed. This the the, the sentiment is become so much more positive because it Web three is less threatening. It also just feels somewhat inevitable, right? Like oh, this is the next generation of the internet. People are like oh, okay, cool. They're just kind of more accepting. 
So that's been very interesting because I've even, I've seen this predominant. I mean, look, there's still people who hate crypto web three are always going to hate it. You know, not much we can do there. Uh, but amongst like technologists who are very crypto skeptical, just this like rebranding as web three has made everything, just, everybody just way more positive on it. I mean, I totally understand this because in, in college in the frat, I was deep. And then you had Sean Kachi come around and, and his pledge nickname was deep 2.0. Oh, yeah. Because he was bigger, faster, and stronger than Deep, which is still true. But I would like to argue that I came back as Deep 3.0. So yeah. 3.0 kind of, you know, it's a, it's a growth process. Well, it's funny. So because there's this kind of a – there's this classic phrase you probably heard. This is also a Balaji Sweeney-Bosson take, so, you know, probably poaching his take. But, there, you know, there's this – somebody had this quote. I forget who, but they says, all businesses are either bundling or unbundling. Mm-hmm. Right? And then there's similarly in, like – tech like web one was very decentralized right but then web two was marked by massive centralization into kind of these these kingdoms right the google apple that's the business cycle right a bunch of people figure stuff out a few people do it better than everybody else they envelop everything they go from two from 10 to five to three to two and then once they get to two shit goes wrong and then it just if if the system functions correctly two gets destroyed back into 10 and it's a cycle of rebirth kind of thing. Right. So yeah, it's a, you know, I think Balaji calls it like the helix of progress where on a certain plane, it looks like you're just going in circles because you're centralizing, decentralizing, centralizing, decentralizing, but things are actually getting better. Right. And so it's like, anyway, there's a third axis where things are getting better. There's also a great, um, like one, an early fourth axis when the government takes it over and it stays the same forever. Yeah, that's the, the worst. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And no progress is made. So, okay. And that actually leads. So, by the way, th- before I get into that, um, so that actually, there's a really good, um, uh, there's this book called like The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I think came out in like 900 AD or somewhere around there. It, this is from China, right? It's actually to Chinese. Sounds type. like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, it's very different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, I'll try to keep this really short. Three Kingdoms was this period in China when the first great d- Chinese dynasty uh, that was kind of a modern dynasty was the Han Empire, and that was 200 BC to 280. Then that collapsed around 280, and that what followed was the Three Kingdoms period. And there's, a, I think, six, 700 years later during the, either the Tang or Ming dynasty, someone wrote this book called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Anyway, the reason why there's a line from that book, which is great, which is like the land long united must divide and the land long divided must unite. And it's kind of like in, in American capitalism, it's the the industry long bundled must unbundle or like the, now the industry long on unbund- for a while unbundled must rebundle. Right. Or <laughs> in tech, it's really, you know, software long centralized must decentralize. And then, you know, in 10, 15 years, it's going to be software long decentralized must centralize. Right. And so um, anyway, so that leads me to the second point about the government piece. But do you mind if we take a quick break and I can? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. So Web 3.0. Uh, uh, I, I really think like if you just think of something like Twitter or Instagram, like imagine if you owned your Instagram profile, like truly owned it or even you own your Twitter account and you can make money off of it if you become famous enough. But like no one could really shut you down. You know, like there was it was not no like, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think of a world with no systemic controls. Maybe they'd figure out a way to do that. But. I mean, I could see it being like the Kim Kardashians of the world or the ew, who else is I can't even think of anyone else who's famous. But, you know, the just like how Twitter and Instagram blew up, the really famous people start to use it because it's a way of them cutting out the middleman. 
you know, like direct advertising. Instagram doesn't get a cut anymore. Facebook doesn't get a cut. Twitter doesn't get a cut. And then more and more people will be like, hey, this is a cool idea, and then start using it. Yeah, and there's definitely versions of this. So, you know, in web, in a way, like kind of uh, you had like the, the YouTube, the, the Instagram. In a way, YouTube influencers and Instagram thought leader, these YouTube videos were like the first – they were like they kind of got around the traditional intermediaries. And so there's going to be a version of this where there's people who, you know, I think it's going to be something with NFTs where people are going to build these communities around, hey, you can be in my community if you pay, you know, $30 for one of the 10,000 NFTs. And we have this like dedicated chat room or whatever, right? Discord, we'll do fun things together. Uh, but there are going to be like, there's going to be a whatever, uh, I guess Addison Ray's TikTok, Kim Kardashian was Instagram. Uh, I don't know who Twitter is. I don't know. They're, but, you know, there's all these like different. Microsoft. Donald Trump is Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump, unfortunately, is probably Twitter. Um, you know, but these people who kind of, you know, kind of get famous through these new avenues and then they're going to be very successful and make a lot of money. And then like some legacy celebrities are be like, all right, like there's a huge bag of money to be made here. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. Uh, and, you know, this is this is already happening in various ways. Like there's plenty of celebrities who express a lot of interest in how can we use NFTs, things like that. Um to like for brand engagement, to find out who our true fans are, things like that. I probably talked about this, but Kevin, I think his name's Kevin, Ky- Kevin something. He was a Wired founder. Um, he has this kind of classic article in 2008 called like a thousand true fans. But the idea being that, you know, web two was like the, the era of the influencer where you found like, you know, you found a million people who would just follow you. Right. And those are the kind of the most, the biggest, that's kind of the archetype of success. Right. So it's like about it was the goal was get to a million followers. Right. But like the but what Web3 what's not going to matter is having a million followers, but having like a, a thousand fanatics or a thousand like true believers. Right. And that's like what that's going to be the shift or a thousand true fans. So that's going to be really interesting to see. And you already see this in versions of it on Twitter uh, where like, you know, you'll see like a person with a million followers, but it's like a million weak followers where no one really likes that person. They'll engage with somebody who has like 50,000 followers, but those 50,000 followers are all like lunatics. And like the 50,000 followers will way more engage and like come back really hard, you know? And, uh, and that's like kind of wasn't, wouldn't have happened five years ago. It was just a pure, it was kind of like just pure, like who has more followers, like they win. And that's now changing where there's I mean, like, you know, who understood that well is Trump. That's how Trump literally became president. Yeah. He like leaned in on having like his zealots more than trying to appease everybody. And then he's like, the others will come, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think what's going to really happen is there's some event that we don't predict that we don't see coming that will, or it could just be global warming, one of those two, which we've seen coming that just kind of changes the situation and opens up the avenues for this new technology. There's always something that occurs that stirs the pot, you know, whether it's a big time war, uh, change in the global hegemony structure, something will happen. And everything will become topsy-turvy. And then these new technologies will seep in. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have ideas of what it could be. Um, you know, but we'll see. Uh, but, uh, okay. So there's a, that's like kind of like this whole Web3 versus crypto thing. It's just like a pure rebrand. But it's very interesting how it kind of – people become much more open-minded when you frame it Web3 versus right. for whatever reason. Just like I think when you framed it as tech or Web2 versus .com, people all of a sudden were just much more, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The second thing that's actually really, was really interesting was there was for the first time uh, the House Financial Services Committee invited leaders of some leading crypto companies to the Hill this week. And so 
I think everyone in crypto was just dreading this, right? It was like, oh my God, are we going to get zucked? Where, you know, basically there's a stupid ritual that happens now where like the, you know, Congress calls in these tech CEOs and just berates them, you know? And it's like, what the, what the hell are we doing here? It's like, uh, you know, just yells at him. Uh, and it's just like totally unproductive and you know, all this stuff. Basically right? some grandparent comes in who doesn't understand what's going on and yells for, and, I, and literally just reads like canned statements that some, some intern wrote for them. Yeah, it's like this format where this representative will be like, you know, Mr. Zuckerberg, thank you for coming here and taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Anyway, Facebook is the worst thing ever and you should kill yourself. You know, and it's just like, it's like, okay. They're all, I mean, the politicians are such such pieces of shit. Like, they basically all get polling. Someone gives them polling, like, you know, most people in your district uh, don't like big tech. They think big tech's too powerful. So why don't you just say something on camera about how you don't like big tech? And, And that's what they do. It's a weird that anyway. So so anyway, we, I thought this was going to happen with like you know it was like our CFO, Coinbase CFO, uh, the CEO of FTX, CEO of Circle, a CEO of a few other things were called to Congress. But actually, shockingly enough, they were very constructive. It was actually <laughs> a, it was very positive. They were actually asking very good questions. They were very informed. They were very reasonable. They definitely asked some probing questions. Asked. Like we're critical, but in like a constructive, intelligent, thoughtful way. It was legitimately shocking. Uh, <laughs> I was stunned because like people were like, "Wow, this is actually like this is almost how government's supposed to work." <laughs> like we we're so nice, we're so just trained to not expect the government. The government be totally dysfunctional at every step of the way. That actually, and you know, it was like uh, the hearing was called by Maxine Waters, who is you know has like a. You know, I was not expecting it to be very constructive, but I've actually heard from other people behind closed doors that Maxine Waters is actually super pro crypto or like, not sorry, I should know that don't, that's not true. I should say she's actually very intelligent and very interested in this. Now, I'm sure she has her reservations or concerns, especially look, I think everyone on Capitol Hill right now, they're seeing the amount of power being accumulated by the current tech giants. They're seeing how not only how Donald Trump became president because of Twitter in many ways, but also that he's no longer on Twitter and that was unilaterally decided, you know, so I think they're very wary of the power that's wielded by these things uh, of these entities. But um, they're actually, I mean, it was actually really constructive and really good. And that was very surprising. And uh, Hey, hopefully that's how it continues. I think also that, you know, I, I, I'm, I have thoughts on why this might be, but um, anyway, so look, I, I don't think the price action for web three is going to be very sexy for a few years. We might have a pop, uh, but I wouldn't count on it, but I think still like the momentum is really good. I think, I don't think the, if you want to invest, I don't think you, you know, YOLO, you know, a third of your life savings into it. I think you just quietly move like one to anywhere from one to 3% of your capital or your net worth, quietly move it in there, do it month by month. Don't expect anything crazy, but I think you're going to see good returns still for the next couple of decades. Uh, You're muted, man. There we go. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, that makes sense. All right, Max, let's get to the gambling. Something that will guarantee you a negative 20% return this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I want to do. I'm gonna, we're, At the end of this, we're going to come up with $500 worth of picks, hopefully five picks, maybe less. Um, but I'm going to go game by game. All right? I just want to hear – I'll give you my take. I want to hear your take. Okay. You, you right? So first game, Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs, if this is at Chiefs, and the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. What do you think? So my initial instinct was pro Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, hey, look, the Raiders just 
they can score. They can move the ball. Uh, they they can play good teams well, right? And I think ten points is a lot of t- points to give, uh, especially this Chiefs team that's now I guess a defense and run ball first <laughs> team because Patrick Mahomes just is not like good anymore. Um, so that was my initial instinct. But I guess the counterpoint is it does feel like the Chiefs just kind of own the Raiders. Like they the Chiefs had that slide and then they just smoked yep. the Raiders because Deshaun this Jackson. Get, this was their get spot. Yeah, just just Deshaun Jackson just decided to stop running. Uh, one of the most, I mean, <laughs> I mean that has to be. It's probably what Deshaun Jackson likes fourth most absurd play he's had in the NFL, which is kind of amazing. Anyway, so I, I still lean towards I would pick the Raiders side of this just because I, I think ten points is a lot. Yes, they're going to KC, but I think this Raiders team can play up against good opponents. Uh, but yeah, I also I don't know. I, I'm not. It's not enough that I would. Like we necessarily want to put money on it, but if I had to pick, I'd pick the Raiders side. So I'm a little burnt on this one because if you remember the last time they played, I took the Raiders because the Chiefs had been losing for me every week. The game was in Oakland. The Raiders had been playing well at the time, and the Chiefs went in there, and they actually just pounded the Raiders. Uh, They they overhit. They won by like three touchdowns. That was the Deshaun Jackson head-turning game. Um, The stop running. Yeah. I think still tells me I like the Raiders, and it's for the same reason as the last one. Uh, this game matters for both teams. It matters a lot for the Raiders. This is like a do-or-die kind of game for them. Um, another loss, and they go to seven losses. They go below 500, and, you know, that division is really tight. They win. You know, they're one game back in the loss column, and they improve their chances in the wild card um, in the West. Also, the over-under, the last four or five weeks, the – the, the Chiefs' defense has been playing really well. The offense still seems to have its problems. Um, and let me see how the Raiders have been doing. I think the last time we saw the Raiders play, I mean, I remember the Thanksgiving Day officiating debacle, which I don't get me started on. It makes me so angry. Um, I've never felt the NFL was more fixed than I do this season, probably because I'm spending more time gambling on it. Um, the Washington the Washington football team went in and beat the Raiders last week in a close game. It was 17-15. Before that, the Raiders beat the Cowboys. They lost to the Bengals and the Chiefs. So the, the Raiders are 1-3 in, in their last four. It's a divisional game. It's the second matchup between two teams. And it's a winter football game. All these things say low scoring, right? The right. over-under is 48. Let's say, let's say the over-under 48 was right, you know? For the Raiders to, to lose a 10-point spread, they'd have to lose by 11, right? Yeah. So what would the score have to be? Would it have to be like... 29 20, to 20, no, 31 to 31 to 17, right? That seems like the score. That would hit the total, 48, and the and the Chiefs would go over. So the Chiefs would have to score four touchdowns and a field goal. The Raiders would have to score two touchdowns and a field goal. And that would probably be the way you win. Does that make sense? Yeah, it'd be 31-20 would get you to the uh, 51 well, touchdown. But you hit the over. I'm saying let's say the over-under was exactly right because it's usually right about there. 48. Yeah, so I'm so trying to make the save. You save one and a half off if you want 11. So, yeah. Anyway, it'd be, it'd be 29 and a half, 19 and a half. Or 29 and a half. Yeah, 19 and a half. So yeah. if I had to bet on this game, I would take the Raiders plus 10. I wish the Chiefs were nine so I could tease them down six and get them to the three or even to the two and a half. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Chiefs still don't have the buy-in for me, even though they are hot and they're looking like the, the, the second-best team in the AFC. Don't let me start on the best team in the AFC. 
right. <laughs> we got to take our L on that one. You got to you got to <laughs> give uh, you got to give Bill Simmons credit for that, dude. He, I know, he, man. He, he uh, it was very impressive. I cannot believe I had this amazing bet that was going to hit in that game, Max. I had under twenty, and I had like like seven hundred to one odds, seven plus seven hundred odds. So if and I bet fifty bucks on it, so I would have made like three hundred fifty bucks or what some number, some really good number. If that total would have just gone under twenty, and if Damian Harris doesn't bust that long ass run in the first quarter, which was r- ridiculous, the Bills it was third and six. They knew the Patriots were going to run, and Damian Harris goes for fifty six yards on them. It was just embarrassing. Uh, I'm really like I'm really annoyed with the Bills this week. Um, I couldn't believe they couldn't beat the Patriots at home in bad weather when they're the you know that's like the Buffalo setup. You know. You know what? Now, one thing. And by the way, for the for Chief, sorry for Chiefs Raiders, this is Patrick Mahomes' last chance to be in the MVP conversation. Which I don't know if that's important to him or not. But if he's like he's kind of just hasn't done anything and he needs to make a run, we're in the back third of the season, mm-hmm. so. And his odds are falling. So if he, this is if he now if he has this like a three hundred yard four touchdown game or whatever, he's back in there. He's like the third. He's probably in third or fourth. He's in third place. And if he ends on a hot streak, that could be it. But um, yeah. Let's. I was just looking at the Chiefs' schedule. By the way, here are their last five games. They beat the Giants by three at home. That game was hilarious. Yeah. They beat the the Packers by six at home, but that was a you know a Roger Love game. Uh, they they smoked the Raiders by 27. Then they beat the Cowboys by 10 at home. That was a good they win. Beat the Chiefs by 13 at home. So now they're beating the Raiders. Yeah, who the Broncos? Sorry, the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the Broncos would have covered last week if not for that Kelsey catch fumble thing. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Oh, there's a so Kelsey. The whole question is, was it a catch? Got the ball over the middle, landed with two feet, appeared to make a football move. Denver knocked it out. The guy scooped it up and ran it back to, like, their own 20. And the the refs overturned it, said he didn't make a catch because no football move. It was very debated uh, in the gambling community because that would have really helped Denver secure the the, the spread. Um, So even even when the Chiefs covered that one, it was close. The, The last good win by the Chiefs, I think, was that Raiders game. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the Cowboys, they did beat the Cowboys. But yeah, once again, they're kind of like – but that was also a Cowboys team that they didn't have CD – or they didn't have Amari, right? Yeah. They had CD for that. They had, they had CD. They had CD, but the Cowboys were kind of mired in their little slump at that period. Um, yeah. It's just still kind of it. The weather tomorrow in Kansas City, 54 degrees, clear day, a little bit of wind, 10 mile an hour. So I mean, that's, that's near perfect football weather, though. Yeah, I don't think it's, – it's great fall football weather. So, I mean, that game is going to be fun. Um, so all this conversation, you know, I might put some money on the Raiders in the end. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle that one. We'll cut back, get back to it. All right, next one. Also, as we said, is that it looks like home field advantage has been weakened for whatever reason. Two and, and a half instead of three. It's been a good season for underdogs. It has. So I feel like when in doubt, you go with the dog. So next one, Saints minus five and a half at the Jets. Now I don't think you'll have too many thoughts on this one, but let me ask you. Nah, I, I would. I just don't even want to. I don't want to put money on it, so I don't have to care about it. Like that's why. <laughs> it's like these are two just unwatchable teams. So I actually like. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the Jets money line in this one. Um, not too much. The money line's plus two hundred, and I just think that the Saints are not good. 
They're coming off a 10-day rest. They've lost bad to the Cowboys. Taysom Hill's coming in here. The Jets, while they suck, they tend to play – they play the Eagles close until the, the second half, and the Eagles are a good team. They're a playoff team. They beat the Texans. The Texans are a team I put in the Saints kind of category. Maybe the Saints are a little bit better. Um, the Dolphins are another good example, which the Jets did lose two by seven. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this bet as we go. They did beat the Bengals, and they beat the Titans. So the Jets every now and then can surprise a team. Um and I don't know. I just, I like the Jets in this one. I might put something on it. I might not. If I, I put anything on it, I might put it on the money line just because I don't like getting plus five and a half. That doesn't do too much for me. Uh, if it was seven, then I would definitely be sitting with the Jets. Yeah. I, I don't like, I just don't like the Saints team. I mean, it's just, it's like they're just a, they're basically like a Chicago Bears team, you know, just a great defense with a totally incompetent offense. Uh, but, the idea of giving money in the Jets just makes me, you know, <laughs> it makes me pause. I'm like, I, I don't want to, I don't I want to, I'm staying away. I'm just not even bothering with it. All right, next game, and I will put money on this game, and I already have. Bengals plus one and a half hosting the Niners. Um, what do you think? Is Debo playing? Yes, he probably will play. Okay. I'm waiting to see tomorrow. I'm actually waiting to see tomorrow what the uh, official statement is on that. That's one of the things holding me back from putting money on it right away or putting more money on it because Debo does make a difference to that team. I've watched both these teams a little bit more than I probably should this season just because um, the Bengals have been – the Bengals have been a pretty good team this year. They're very and, Jekyll and Hyde though, right? Like some very Jekyll and Hyde. Great. And then, there's, and then they also lost to the Jets. Yeah. What's going on, guys? My biggest fear with the Bengals is – Joe Burrow's hand, he like mangled a couple of fingers, but everyone says he's playing, he's been practicing. Joe Burrow is better than Jimmy G. Joe Burrow is actually a quarterback, in my opinion. Jimmy G is like just a pretty face who's holding the spot for a quarterback one day. But hey, a very pretty face. It's true, Max. He's a very handsome man. Bengals cheerleaders, watch out. Um, Or any porn stars living in Cincinnati, watch out. Uh, (laughs) Since he (laughs) ports. Dude, Jimmy G should come to the Rams. He would love it, dude. He could pop up to the San Fernando Valley, take it, oh, you know, yeah. get it out. <laughs> Just slack, John. Just he slack, John. Over for, uh, he could take over for Stafford in two years. Yeah. All right, so Bengals plus three and a half, uh, or no, yeah. plus one and a half, maybe the money line. I'm putting that mark as, as a possibility. The Bengals getting points at home, it's yeah. like in that – I mean, they <laughs> – by the way, that Jamar Chase, have you ever seen a fumble like that by Jamar Chase? Oh, yeah. I mean, that game, they played the Chargers pretty well. It was just, you know, they just had those two big turnovers that kind of killed them. So <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that where the dude has his man beat, he gets the ball in stride, and then just throws it backwards. Like, I, it's just like, it's so crazy to me. It's like, this is their job, and that they just do these weird things to the, like, I just don't get it. There's another guy who just the worst thing you can do is throw the ball and hit him in the hands because he'll just drop it or do oh Gerald Everett. That's what <laughs> Gerald Everett just like ruined single handedly ruined his the sea. Well, I guess the Seahawks season was already over. But anyway, sorry. Uh, right. Yeah, I for that bet I do like. Yeah, I like the Bengals because I just uh, like even. I mean Debo. Yeah, Debo's obviously really fun, but I don't know. The Niners are very hit or miss. I mean, these are two very like hit or miss teams that they're. So, and yeah, you're giving the home team with giving them points. And I just think the Bengals also have a little bit more to play for. 
they're like right in the midst of, midst of that division. The Niners are kind of on the bottom of the NFC West, and it's like, are the Niners going to make it? You know, um, they're maybe in the wild card slot, but I don't know. And you have the West Coast team going central, though that's not a thing. Let me see what the weather is like in Cincinnati. Over-under on this game is, is a 49. I think that's going to go under. But And this Niners team just lost to the Seahawks on the road. Yeah, which was amazing considering the way the Seahawks have been. But those two teams always play uh, pretty tough. So let's see. The weather, let me see here. Tomorrow, it's going to be a nice day. 49 degrees, no wind. A little humid, weird December football weather, but still, forty nine degrees is close enough. Um, all right, I'm marking this one down, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tie it with the next one because I'm gonna put these two together. I'm pretty sure. So the J- Titans are hosting the Jaguars. The Jaguars have nothing to play for at this point, and it's minus eight and a half Titans. So if I was gonna bet it straight up, I would take the Titans, even though it's a divisional game. Um, I don't know have these teams played each other yet. Let me double check. But what I'm gonna do is tease this game down and I'm going to pair it with the Bengals and move the Bengals over a touchdown. So the, 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 the play is either going to be Bengals straight up or Bengals Titans two team teaser where the Bengals are seven and a half at home and the Titans are minus two and a half. That, that seems reasonable, right? Where is the actually say that again? So I'd get the Bengals plus seven and a half Titans minus two and a half at minus 120. Yeah, no, that seems good. I, 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 get, I get the Bengals over two key numbers, and I get the Titans under two key numbers. You know, yeah. kind of right where you want them, even though the key numbers have been a little bit off this year. So I like that bet. I'm going to mark that down. That's going to be one on the card. I've already made that bet, but I might increase the amount I make it for um, because, you know, I just want to kind of get this to $500 picks. Let's uh, a little bit of the slide. I'm just looking at their schedule. So they beat the Rams in L.A. They also beat the Colts. But the they barely beat the Saints at home. Then they lost to the Texans at home by nine. And then they got shelled by the Pats two weeks ago. But they've had a bye. And, yeah, now they get a little tune-up game against the Jags. Yeah, nothing to play for. Yeah, three points. I don't trust eight and a half because teams are offenses are really bad off buys. I've noticed teams are really discombobulated off the bye this year because I think they're just having a lot of fucking fun on their bye week. And they kind of get out of shape. They drink. They have a good time, you know. And then they come back. And, you know, all shit happens. Um, a lot of this depends on Burrow's hand. So I'm looking to see. I, I'll only add money onto this if there's no red flags in the Adam Schefter tweets on tomorrow morning while I'm on my plane to Green Bay. Next game. Oh, hold on. Let me run to the bathroom real quick. The next game is Ravens plus three at the Browns. What do you think, Max? I would just stay away. I don't want, I don't want any piece of this. I think you're... This, I mean, you just have – I mean, Lamar has just not been good this season. And this Browns team, I, I just – I don't want anything. I want nothing to do with it. I, w- I wouldn't even – nope, I'm, I'm staying away. I mean, if anything, I would just take whichever team's getting – What? who's – what's the – who's getting the points? The, at the Browns. So this is the interesting thing about this line. This line opened up – this line opened up Ravens minus one. And – all these sharps have come in on this game and bet the Browns so heavy that the line swung to Browns plus three. Or, I mean, uh, Ravens plus three. So they moved the line four points. Oh, okay, okay. So earlier in the week, I had a bunch of Ravens money. And then I started listening to my podcast with all these different, like, sharp bettors or whatever. And I think the line's moving for a few reasons. One, you know, Lamar's not playing. Ever since the weather turned cold, Lamar's been very inaccurate. Um, 
The Ravens have two tackles that are injured. They have three cornerbacks that are injured. And I think that game against the Steelers, that loss to the Steelers, really shook people's confidence in the team that, like, you know, four weeks ago, I was thinking Lamar was the MVP, or maybe six weeks ago, Lamar was the MVP and the Ravens were the favorites in the AFC. Now, I still like the Ravens getting three in this game because the Ravens just beat them. You know, ugly game that I didn't watch, but it was like 22 to nine. Is that correct? Do you remember the score of that game? Let me double- I don't. It was Sunday night game. Lamar threw three interceptions and they still won. We're forgetting <laughs> Baker Mayfield is still uh, pretty fucked up. Like he's hurt clearly and he's playing through it. Um, they beat one yeah, 16-10. They just beat them 16-10 at home. So if you do the map, the Ravens are three point. They're three points better on a neutral field, and now they're getting three at the Browns. So you would say that then that last game should have been a three point game. Um, obviously, since then the Ravens have had more injuries and they've been hurt. But I'm going to take Ravens plus three in this one if I have to, pending the injury report. So I'm, I'm marking that down. I'm not sure I'm doing it yet. Um, but I'm putting that one on that side. All right, next game. This – oh, no, there's a lot of – oh, no. Now, this game I really like, uh, and we won't have much to say about it, but I'm taking this game. Falcons at Panthers. So I'll go ahead and tell you my side – or actually, let me hear your side first just in case. It's Falcons plus two and a half at Panthers. Oh, I would take the Falcons. Yep, me too. Now, I think I'm going to take the Falcons money line, plus 120 here. Um, uh, yeah, this Panthers team is like they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. And, and uh, well, so what, I'm right waiting, right? what I'm waiting for is to make sure that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback and not P.J. Walker. Because P.J. Walker actually played pretty good in his stints as quarterback, in my opinion. He he took them into Arizona and beat the Cardinals pretty, pretty handily. Now, Christian McCaffrey was also playing then. The Cardinals turned the ball over a bunch. Um, but since then, since Cam has become their starting quarterback – the, the Panthers have just been in a free fall. So once I hear Cam Newton is a starting quarterback, I'm going in on the Falcons' money line. Good. And so I'm making this one of my best bets of the week. Is Ridley just out for the season now? I think so, but Cordell Patterson is playing, and he's been playing extremely well. Um, you know, this is this is somehow a battle for an NFC playoff spot. Uh, these teams are both 5-7. and seven. Um, And I think, you know, they're saying they're even, but – well, it's Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton, a battle of former MVPs. Uh, but I just kind of like the Falcons. They're not a good team, but they put up a fight at least. Yeah, and like they, I don't know, they just, yeah, I, my, my initial thing is just, I just I, why would you, I guess they're on the road. So, but yeah, they're, oh, they did get smoked by the Cowboys. I forgot about that. And the Patriots. No. But look, this is the team, I think this is the team that can play, they can play good teams well every now and then. And they can beat bad teams. Yep. Just looking, I'm just looking at their schedule. I mean, the last few games, they lost to the Bucks, but the Bucks are good. They beat the Jags by a touch. They lost. They got smoked by the Pats, smoked by the Cowboys, but beat the Saints. Lost by six to the Panthers, but that was a Panthers team. But I don't even know. Yeah, they beat the Dolphins, beat the Jets. Uh, yeah, I would just my gut would be just. I, don't know, I feel like they're similar teams. Now the other thing I might do is split my Falcons bet into a money line bet and a Falcons-Titans teaser. So tease the Titans down 2.5. And, I mean, I got to hope the Titans come through against the Jags by more than three, which I, I don't know. I just feel like they got to. They, they're playing for something. The Jags are playing for nothing, right? Um, but you never know. Anything can happen in the NFL. And then that way I get the Falcons up to eight and a half. And I, I definitely think the Falcons can cover eight and a half against the, against the, against the Panthers. Um, 
By the way, concerning data point, the Panther, the Falcons are 32nd in DVOA. Oh boy. You know, but the Panthers are 27th. Mm-hmm. They're actually lower in DVOA than the Bears, which is extraordinary to me. But yeah, but the Falcons are bad too. Like the difference between the Panthers and Falcons is 17% in DVO, like weighted DVOA, yeah. uh, or 18%. That's the same difference as between the Panthers and like the Ravens. <laughs> that's, that's concerning. It's not good. Falcons are not good. But right. the Cordell, you have, you have Cordell Patterson. If he does Cordell Patterson things, they're going to be in this. And well, I mean, I don't know. Did you? I, I doubt you watched the Falcons Bucks game last week, but I had money on it. I had the Falcons plus ten, I believe, or maybe it was plus eleven. But um, that game. This is why I love gambling, Max. So the 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 foul. It was plus. I think the spread was eleven. Maybe it was ten and a half. The the Bucks kicked a, like a field goal with a minute and a half. That was so meaningless. And went up by 13. And it's just like, God damn it. Like now the Bucks have covered the spread. Matt Ryan leads the Falcons all the way to the two-yard line in just a massive backdoor covered charge. And yeah. it's fourth and two with seven seconds left. And he throws it to a receiver in the end zone. Gage, the ball hits him right in the hands, bounces off his mask, drops the ball. That touchdown would have covered the spread and would have made a lot of Sharps a lot of money because Sharps were in on the Falcons last week against the Bucks. Buck, Falcons play the Bucks well. Um, oh, that's funny. Have these teams met yet this season? Let me double check that. I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they have? The, the Panthers won. Yep, they won like game. Yeah, but I bet you Christian McCaffrey was playing in that game. Or let me look at the stats. Was that when Sam Darnold was still the quarterback? I think so. Yeah. Sam Darnold was still the quarterback. McCaffrey was not playing. Um, yeah. You know. McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's playing in this. Yeah. And it looks like the Falcons were actually winning in terms of win probability until the second half. And then the Panthers kind of put it away. But even then, with that, this this would have been a cover. So I'm, I'm talking myself more into this Falcons pick. I might take some on the money line, and I might take that with the Titans teaser um, or the Bengals. But I think the Titans – I think the Titans minus two and a half is a safer tease than the Bengals seven and a half. So – I don't know. I don't watch so much Niners. Do you think the Niners beat people by seven points? They beat bad teams by seven points. But I don't yeah, know if they should beat good teams. But. The Bengals are a good run defense, so the Niners shit's not going to work against them. Anyway, we'll see. That'll be tomorrow morning. This is all my thinking out loud process. All right, next game. This is a good game. It's kind of very important for the NFC East. Cowboys at Washington football team. This line has moved just incrementally every day. It's up to four and a half. It started, I think it opened at three. Um, what do you think on this one? And it's Cowboys minus four and a half. Yep. Cowboys have everyone back, right? This isn't it. Don't they? Aren't they fully healthy finally? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the football team's kind of like frisky, and they yeah. have those that weird. Is McKissick out though? Isn't he out? JD. They had that weird dual running game that was kind yeah, of. Yeah, I know. I'm checking. JD McKissick. So the sharps are all over. Yeah. J.D. McKissick, I think he's playing. He's practiced, so he's probably playing. Which side are they all over? Yeah. The, the, the Sharps are all over the Washington football team in this one. I think this is a sharp square game. A lot of money is coming in on the Cowboys. The Cowboys look like the better team. I've noticed there's a certain type of team and player that Sharps tend to like. They like teams with good defenses and game manager quarterbacks. So good defenses, Washington has that. They've been even better since uh, Clay – what's his name? Uh, the, their defensive lineman got hurt. Oh, Chase. Chase, Chase Young. Chase Young. 
And they love quarterbacks like Taylor Heineke, Teddy Bridgewater, even uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. Is his name Taylor Heineke? Who's the the same? Yeah, I like. I mean, Taysom Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, I could see this being because the Cowboys, the Cowboys are like the Steelers, Packers, Patriots. They're like a a national, like you said, a square team. They get a lot of square love. I'm probably going to stay away from this game because my instinct tells me to go with the Cowboys, but my heart tells me to go with the the football team. And I just don't want – I don't know what side to take in it, to be honest with you. Uh, Because a lot of times quarterbacks – though Heineke to me is better than Bridgewater, and he's better than – he's definitely better than – sorry, Heineke is the football team's quarterback, right? Yeah. Who's the Saints guy again? Uh, Isn't it Simeon? Sorry, Simeon. There we go. Heineke's to me the hierarchy between those three goes bottom is Simeon, then Bridgewater, then Heineke. Um, I mean Heineke has a win over the Bucks. That's pretty impressive on his resume, you know. Um, and so I, I could see him playing well in this game, and it's a home game for the football team. I'm gonna watch this game, but I'm gonna stay away. I don't think I'm gonna bet it. If I had to gun to my head, I'm not, I might take the points with the football team, but I'm not, I don't feel good about it, and I don't think I'm gonna do it. Yeah, right. the, the football team's won – they've won four straight, right? Yeah, they've won their last yeah. – They've been playing well, which means this is a letdown spot. Yeah, that's a good point. But this is also a huge rivalry game, so – Yeah, my instinct would be to stay away yeah. uh, for now. I just don't have clarity on it. Um, it is an early morning game, so I'm not going to be chasing on it either. Now, this next game to me is a teaser candidate. Seahawks minus eight and a half at the Texans. Now, the Seahawks have looked really bad, but the Texans have looked like the worst team in the football. And Texans are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So they were playing for nothing. The Seahawks, 4-8, and eight, still have an outside puncher's chance. They're coming off a win against the Niners. You know, I like the Seahawks in this one. This is another teaser candidate, though. I think I might tease this. What do you think about Seahawks minus 2.5 with Falcons plus 8.5? I mean, that sounds great. You know what I mean? You get the yeah. Falcons, eight and a half. I might do that. All right. I'm going to put that in. A couple of what we call Wong teasers where you tease through key numbers. Um, All right. Yeah, I like that one. All right. So that's going to be one of them, I think. All right. Next game. This game is very interesting. The Lions coming off their first win are plus 11 and a half at the Broncos. This thing started at eight or something. And has just moved <laughs> that way. Yeah. Plus 11 and a half. Yeah, because the Lions like have a, apparently like a flu breakout on their team. Really, <laughs> and like obviously the Broncos are coming off a loss; they're going to be motivated to win. And the Lions are coming off their Super Bowl, winning a game, and so you know it's a lot of points to cover. So I'm not going to bet on it, uh, and I'm going to stay away from it. If anything, if I could take anything, I would take the under in this game. But 42 is also really low, so I'm not going to do anything on this game. What do you think? I mean, I just think it's a lot of points to lay with the Broncos. Yeah. Where, like, I mean, they're not terrible, I don't think, but they're not great. I don't know. It just feels like, I mean, if I had to pick a side, I mean, if I had to pick a side, I'd pick the Lions. But, like, last thing I want to do is put money on the Lions. That's just, like, famous last words. I just don't like laying money with, like, teams that are incredibly questionable. Horrible garbage. Yeah. If anything, that would be, like, something you want to put in, like, a teaser, right? Yeah, where you can tease it down, but you can't really tease this down to a good number, in my opinion. I mean, you can get it down to what five and a half. Hope the Broncos win by a touchdown. It's definitely possible, but I could just see Jared Goff like 
they're down by 10. Jared Goff gets them down there for a touchdown, and then they fuck up the onside kick. Yeah, like a, a touchdown as time expires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> getting goffed. The next game, I liked this game more earlier in the week, and I'm waiting for it to come back up. The Giants, nine and a half versus the Chargers. I like the Giants plus 10 in this game. Yeah, the, giving the Chargers 10 points or giving, you know. Keenan five, Allen is out. Yeah, that's just too much. Uh, yeah, I would, once well, once again, I don't like putting money with the Giants because they're very, very shaky team, but uh, like the Lions. But yeah, this feels like if you could do some kind of Lions, Giants teaser or something like that, that'd be the way to do it. Because 10, that's a lot of points yeah. to be slotting uh, a very inconsistent Chargers team. Exactly. And the Giants don't have like, they're not completely dead. They have an active defense. Um, whoever, and there's no, I mean, Daniel Jones is not playing probably, but like whatever, it doesn't really matter. The Giants quarterbacks just all suck. Yeah. So, but they have, playing on Saquon. yeah, I guess they have dudes that, I mean, they do have, I mean, their skill position guys aren't terrible, right? Like Evan Ingram, Saquon, Shepard, they're all competent. And like, mm-hmm. they, you know, I mean, their quarterback situation is trash, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of points to be given the Chargers. When the Chargers are notorious for, even if they get a big lead, even if they're up two, three touchdowns, they've had multiple instances where they've had that and then just collapsed and almost lost the game, right? Like in the last three weeks, yep. they were they were smoking the Steelers and they let the Steelers back into it. And then they were smoking the Bengals and the Bengals just had like two crazy turnovers, you know? So if they don't have the, anyway, I, just giving the Chargers 10 points feels silly to me, but I don't like, I, would, I think this is like, yeah, this would be a teaser candidate if you wanted to te- do a tease. Nope. All right, the next game is America's Game of the Week. And I got this. I took this a few times over the week at different numbers, but it's the Buccaneers minus three and a half now hosting the Bills. I took it at minus three, and then I I caved and took it at minus three and a half plus 105. Uh, Just because the more I thought about it, I'm like, the Bucs are at home. They destroy teams at home. And I I say that the the Bills are what I call in the GOAT vortex. They had to play the GOAT coach. And now they have to play the GOAT QB back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And, and they're on a slide. You know, they're not playing that well. Um, let, let me see. The last the Bills' last few games. I mean, the being in a slide is actually a reason to, to back the Bills. They, they lost to the Patriots. They beat the Saints. They lost to the Colts. They beat the Jets. They lost to the Jaguars. They beat the Dolphins. They lost to the Titans. So basically every other game the last six weeks, which means they would be a do for a win here. Um which, you know, wouldn't hurt me as a Packer fan. The Bucks losing definitely helps the the Packers in the one seed chances. So I'm kind of okay with buying the Packers one seed and betting on the Bucks here. What do you think here? I mean, my initial reaction was when I heard there was just Bucks minus three or three and a half even, I was like, yo, you got to take the Bucks. Like, yeah. what do we, you know, uh, they've been putting up points. I mean, yeah, they kind of, I guess, you know, I guess the one way that, I mean, they got, they got manhandled by the football team. So I guess there's a world where maybe Bills come out and they decide because they got kind of overpowered by the Saint, the Patriots that they're going to try to do that to the Bucks if that works. And I mean, maybe they want to run Josh Allen like 20 times, things like that. But, uh, but they should have been doing that the other night. The, the Bucks have the best run defense in the NFL for the first three quarters of football. It's only in the fourth quarter that if you look at the numbers, the Bucks fourth quarter run defense is one of the worst in the league. But that's because the Bucks take these big leads on teams. They go up by 14, they go up by 10. 
And then they literally just sit back and say, if you want to run the ball, go ahead, take all the time you want. We're not going to let you pass on us and get big plays. Uh, so that's kind of the take on that is I don't think the, I think the Bucks run defense is going to be able to stop the Bills run defense. To me, uh, thinking that the Bucks are only a half point better in a neutral field feels a little disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, on a neutral field, I think they're three points better. But, you know, there's something shady about this. It's like they know something because, uh, I mean, Vegas is not – the bookies are trying to make money here, and they, they usually wouldn't give us a line like this, though I've heard sharps are coming in on the bills. So maybe people know something that we don't. So if I lose the if I lose this one, I lose it. But I'm going. this is going to be one of my five that I make. Yeah, if I'm – yeah, my, my hunch is if I feel – like if I'm like my initial gut thing is one thing, then the sharps are doing something other, it's a clear sign that I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I would. I mean, my initial hunch would have been Bucks, but I, I'd probably just. Stay well, away. the sharps are split on this, so a lot of the sharps are just betting the total and taking the over because this is going to be an offensive game, and I agree with that. I think this is going to be a pretty offensive game. It's up to fifty-four. It opened at fifty-one, and that was when I took it, um, and I took the half, the first half, uh, and the team total as well because I just think the points are going to be put up in this game. The Bucks put up points. Um, the next game is the big, our big showdown, Max. Sunday night, I'll be in the house. Bears plus 12 at Packers. What The line's 12? Yeah. Yeah, it feels low. <laughs> good about this one, Max. The, the Packers barely beat the Bears by – how much did they beat them by when they played earlier this season? I thought it was like 10 points. 10 points, yeah. And that game was closer than I remember. It was close for a while. Rodgers had the – yeah, Rodgers had the score of the touchdown. Like the Bears came out and actually kind of – Played well the first half, but yeah, Fields played decent. And then Fields, and this yeah, game, it's, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a night game. Second matchup between divisional opponents. Twelve points is too much for a divisional matchup, dude. Even if it's the Packers and the Bears. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, we'll put money on this just because it's our squads. So obviously, yeah. we're going to just do the spread. Yeah, you know, that's the most equitable bet. I'm going to take the Bears, Max. I'm going to make you no, take you the Packers. Do no, fuck you. I'll bet you, Max, but I'm not going to bet the. I'm not going to bet the, the Vegas. I'm not going to bet Vegas on this one. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's it, and the Packers Twitter is super overconfident. Uh, I made the joke to you off the pod, but I'll make it on the pod. It's just I'm getting major Hillary 2016 vibes. Like they're already like celebrating, and it's like, dude, like we need to win this game to keep in the hunt for the one seed. And I think we'll win the game in the end. But I can see this being a game where the Packers have to win on the last second Mason Crosby field goal or even lose on a last second Mason Crosby field goal. It's going to be cold. It's going to be like one degree or 20 degrees in Lambeau. Um, the crowd is going to be raucous. You should look. I'm going to be 50-yard line, row 25, Max. Bear sideline. So look for me. Um, uh, Cheesehead. Yeah. When, okay, so whenever the Bears go to Lambeau, and they're considered a like hot team, or like oh they're gonna be good this year. That's my favorite situation. That's what, that's my favorite situation. You go Packers across the board. I love it. When I, I love it when I see money line. I light up when I see Bears, yeah. Packers, and the spread is three. I'm yeah. like, Bazinga! We're gonna make money today. Because Rogers hates us, and he's just like, yo, fuck these guys. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna rain on them. Like he sees the gravity of the of the matchup. But you know the Bears defense is as Akeem. Is it Akeem Hicks or Hakeem Hicks? I think it's – I want to say – I thought it was Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, yeah. Akeem Hicks. Is he still hurt? He's like your, your best defensive player in my opinion. Better than uh, – uh, He's going to play. Damn it. Okay, he's going to play. Wait, no. I just, saw, I just saw Bears rule out Akeem Hicks for game versus Packers. Oh, they so, did? Yeah, he's ruled out. Thank God. Uh, 
My biggest fear was he was going to uh, – I saw a questionable word. Oh, that was one day ago. My biggest fear is that they're, they're going to hurt Aaron Rodgers. You have the owner comment. You have all the media. It's a Sunday. It's a night game. The one thing, Max, this could be your last Matt Nagy experience. Yeah, that would be great. I would thank you guys for that. Um, the one thing – the one I mean, but when, when the Packers are, like, overly favored like this, it is – like, I feel like sometimes – I mean, the, pa- the Bears will randomly steal – Things here or there. Uh, yeah. Like remember the the Josh McCown game where Josh McCown like weirdly outplayed Aaron Rodgers like three years ago. Three seasons ago. Outplayed him, but you guys did win. But he had a really good defense, and that was a bad Packers year. Yeah. So there's you know you can you can spin it, and this could be a Fields like this is your chance to like you know this is your chance to make a statement, right? Uh, have like a statement game, but uh, yeah, I'm not. Not exactly holding my breath. I'm going to the game, which scares me even more because I've been bad luck to my teams lately. I just, this is just not, there's the problem with this situation, Max, is it's like a no win situation. If you win by 14, you were supposed to win by 14. If you, if, yeah. you, if you lose, it's heartbreaking. And if it's close, you still feel bad. So emotionally, this is, it's, this is set up to be a fucking train wreck, Max. Yeah. It's hard to think what your, what's the best emotional outcome for you from this because you just have only downside. Well, I don't have, I'm expecting nothing. What I'm hoping is I'm going to bet the Bears money line, Max. I'm going to hedge, emotional hedge, bet the Bears money line. Maybe like 50 bucks. If I bet 50 bucks on the Bears money line, that'll pay out $400 <laughs> or like some ridiculous amount. <laughs> like, uh, let me see. Hold on. Let me pull it up on Bovada. I'm sure Bovada must have it. Hold on. You basically should take the cost of your trip. Yeah. And just put that, that's your insurance for the trip. Basically be like, whatever your trip's costing, whatever it's like 12, yeah. 1500 bucks. Yeah. You should just bet that. That's basically your emotional insurance. So exactly. if you go do all that shit and the Packers lose, you're like, well, at least I got like, it was free. Bucks yeah, it was free. <laughs> or like, okay, maybe I'll do that tomorrow morning. I'm going to wait till the, I see what the real money line looks like tomorrow night. Cause you know, everyone and their mom is going to go chasing on the Packers tomorrow night. If tomorrow night doesn't go the way people think, People are going to hammer that Packers money line, or they're going to they're going to tease the Packers down with the Cardinals or the Rams the next game, which is the last game of the week. Monday Night Football finally a good game. I feel like Disney, like the the CEO of Disney, finally walked into Goodell's office and gave him a hand job, and they got some good games. Uh, Rams plus two and a half. Something tells me that's not how that went down. That Bob Iger is like, hey, uh, hey, Roger, are you busy <laughs> the next thirty minutes? I thought it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what game are you gonna play? What game are you gonna put for Monday night? <laughs> I just, I just don't think I'm just gonna guess. Let me say that's not how that went down. Can we get some divisional matchups? Um, so but two the, plus Rams are favored plus two and a half. This is a split game. Simmons and did you listen to Simmons and uh, Schrager? Where you know you have to know Schrager is a huge LA Rams fucking like Homer plugged in guy. He's like their local reporter basically. You know, and it's Rams. Rams are favored. No, no. They're, they're underdogs, two and a half. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Rams had their get-right game last week against the Jags. The Cardinals went into L.A. last week and whooped on the uh, – earlier this year and whooped on the Rams. Stafford looks like he's hurt or something, or I don't know what – I think when the weather gets cold – I don't think Stafford's a cold-weather quarterback. He's a dome quarterback. That being said, the game's in Arizona, so that's fine, you know? Um, My theory on Stafford is he's like – I feel like he's just a nice guy. And he's been around for a while. So, like, the insiders all kind of are pulling for him. Because, like, hey, he's a good guy. But, like, as someone who's watched Matt Stafford for a decade plus, I, I'm, like, just not afraid of the guy. 
Like I'm like might be more afraid of Kirk Cousins than Matt Stafford. And the Bears kind of weirdly play Kirk Cousins well. But like, dude, I'm just I don't know. It, there's this whole like narrative about like, oh, he's never had the defense, and you know, he just give him blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, this guy started the first six seasons of whatever, six, eight seasons, and he had Calvin Johnson and was like never I don't think he even made a Pro Bowl, right? And he had like one of the like <laughs> the well, career wide receiver talents. Yeah, top ten all time pure wide receiver talent and like couldn't even make a Pro Bowl. And so uh, I've just never bought this whole Matt's – I don't know. I'm very skeptical. I mean, yeah, there's moments where it looks good, but then, like, I just don't I, – I just have never got it. And so, anyway, yeah, I, it's surprising me that the Cardinals only getting – I mean, this says on a neutral field the Rams are a half point better. How is that possible? What, what, what are you looking at? Well, it's they're, they're minus two and a half. It's minus two and a half Cardinals, right? Yeah, so implying a neutral field that the Rams are a half point better. So home field advantage this year is only two and a half. They've changed it because the home field has not been as important this year. Mm, okay, gotcha. But still, I mean, this the the Rams like their best. Uh, I I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. I would take the Cardinals. Like if anything, I'd feel good about doing the Cardinals side of the spread. Agree. Because right. yeah, you guys beat up the you beat up the Jags. Good for you. I, I would take the Cardinals as well in this one. Um, I'm not going to bet this one because I just don't know what's going to happen. But I, I think the Cardinals are the right side on, in this game. I think it's going to be a close game, and I could see either team winning. And I think the spread is dead right. I think it's good. Well, Cardinals winning by three makes a lot of sense. So the car, yeah, the last time the Rams beat a good team was the Buccaneers in September, and I kind of feel like that was the third week three. The first four weeks of the season, you kind of have to just throw out. And, like, let's look at the standings here. You know, the Cardinals are 10-2. and two. The Rams, are they realistically catching the Cardinals? Probably not. And But are the Rams making the playoffs? Almost certainly. So it's kind of, like, really fits for that, for the Cardinals to win and the Rams to lose in this one. But it's going to be a close game. It's Monday night. McVay and Kingsbury, you know, they have that beef. Uh, so that's going to be interesting in my opinion. Is, is uh, Hopkins still out? I think he's playing. Let me double check though. Let's see. Yeah, because I mean, I just don't like for the Rams. Like Robert Woods is still out for the season, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and the problem is fucking Odell. Yeah, Hopkins is playing. I think, and Murray's playing. Well, what Murray about AJ Green? Is, he huh? still, is AJ Green still playing? I think so. I haven't heard of him being injured at all. That could be wrong. Okay, yeah, I was just confirming. So I, I don't know. It feels like aren't isn't everyone back for the Cardinals basically? Then Who, yeah, the Cardinals are totally healthy. Yeah, so I'm just like I don't under I. What's the sharp activity on this? Cardinals, but it's it's kind of close. So let me think. I'm trying to think of everything that I've heard this. Week. I would definitely. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I would take the Cardinals. No, no, the sharps are the sharp activity in general has been on the Rams, but it's kind of split like half the sharps that I listen to, they take the cards and then they hurry. Other people are betting the Rams and then they kind of stay away because they're afraid of it. But we'll see the thing that, you know, is going to happen is that people are going to go chasing on this one. It's a Monday night game. So, you know, people are going to bet the Cardinals heavy because you know, most people think the Cardinals are better than the Rams. The Rams have looked bad recently. The cards have looked good. So what I would do is wait until Monday night. And I bet you, if you can get Rams to plus three and a half, I would take the Rams plus three and a half. If you can get Rams over, over the three, I think there's value. Yeah, I'm just looking. I mean, I guess, okay, they got smoked by the Panthers. That was like a weird game. Yeah, I watched that game because I had money on the Panthers in that game. Um, 
they got they were just turning the ball over. They did not look good. PJ Walker looked really good in that game. Uh, yeah, but besides that, I'm just looking. I mean, I feel like they've been. I mean, they've been one of the more consistent teams, and this is without their QB, without Kyler. I mean, they got the Packers played them well. That was a great Aaron Rodgers game where Aaron Rodgers went in with the, you know, basically was 2018 LeBron, like me and the other Packers, or me and the you know the, the G Leaguers. He went in. That was like a very impressive Rodgers performance. But besides that, I mean, they've kind of just handled business, except for that one Panthers game. I mean, they've been playing well, but they're still a little inconsistent. I don't see them as a team that seems to, like, methodically move the dead ball down the field. They just hit big plays, like 40-yard bombs. It's a lot of that. I mean, they have a decent defense. I don't know. I, I would take – I mean, I, I lean more towards the Cardinals side. I feel good about that. All right, Max. Let's get to the $500 picks. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell – I'm going to give them to you, and you tell me what you think, okay? So, my first $500 pick, I'm going to – or $100 pick. I'm going to lay 100 on the Bucks. I'm going to hope to get it at minus three, but even if it's minus a three and a half, I'm going to ride with Brady and uh, I'm going to see if they can pull it off. So that's the first one. Okay. The, sec- the second hundred dollar pick is going to be a Bengals Titans two team tees. What is it? Bengals, my, Bengals, Bengals minus two and a half? No, what Bengals are up to plus seven and a half. Titans are minus two and a half. You getting Bengals plus seven and a half, Titans yeah. minus two and a half. That seems great. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. I guess it's a good classic Wong Stafford Wong teaser. Seahawks Falcons two team teaser. I, I would yeah. stay away. What? I would. I think I would probably stay away. But I'm gonna get. I, I know, but I, I got it. I think I like. I like. I even like the Falcons just at plus one twenty. But I'm gonna do the Seahawks minus two and a half. Falcons. I'm gonna tease them up to eight and a half. Who are the Seahawks playing again? The Seahawks playing the Titans. All right, so that's $300 allocated. All right, I'm going to double down on the Bengals. And I'm going to put... Wait, hold on, you're, you're teasing, aren't you? Wait, you're teasing this both the Seahawks to plus two and a half and the teasing the Titans down to minus two and a half? No, so this Bengals and Titans is a two-team teaser. Plus yeah. seven and a half, minus two and a half. Yeah. And then I'm putting the Seahawks Falcons in a two team teaser. And who are the, the Seahawks are playing the Titans? Yeah. Sorry, Seahawks are playing the Texans. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, wait. Uh, the Texans. Are you you're really trying to nail you're just losing money? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. I'm gonna put fifty dollars on the Bengals money line. Because I think the Bengals are gonna win that game. I'm gonna put fifty dollars on the Falcons money line. Okay. I'm gonna put fifty dollars on the Raiders plus ten. At the Chiefs. And I'm going to put the underdog parlay of the week. The Raid, the Jets, and the Ravens. $50 two-team teaser. Two-team money line parlay. Because I mean I don't expect that to hit, but if it if the Jets win, the Ravens win, why not? All right, let me see if the math is right. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. Correct. There we go. The $500 picks of the week. We'll see how we do, Max. We'll see how we do. I might actually bet this. I think I'm going to bet this. And I've already kind of bet a lot of it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you're already part of the way there. The most of the money is on the Bengals, it looks like, versus the Niners. I, I, I stand by it. Bengals are at home. That crowd is going to be going crazy. It's fo- Midwestern football. 
Bengals coming off a tough loss with a good team. So I like that spot. Did you end All up right. putting the MVP bet down that we were talking about a couple weeks ago? For Rodgers, I couldn't find it anywhere. By the time I found it, the line had moved way down. Damn. Just say yeah. Because that's – I feel like I feel like the narrative wins are starting to trend for him. People are starting to forgive him for the COVID stuff. I feel like he does one, like, generally okay thing, and people are like, ah, it's, you know, they'll, like, wave it off. Yeah. And then he's, he's back, and it's him and Brady. Oh, All right, Max. I guess that's it. Good job by you, buddy. All right, good job by you, Dr. Bot.